Well, hey, everybody. I'm super excited to be here. And like Samra said, my name's Elaine, and I am the newbie, the new kid on the block, although I'm not new to life, and I'm probably the longest-term graduate from college. I've probably been graduated longer than anybody else in this room. So I'm super excited to talk with you tonight. So the talk, this series, is about what we wish we had known when we were in college. And what I'm going to share was actually, I didn't have to think about it. It was at the top of my list because it's something that I think, had I known this, I really believe it would have changed my, cho- my college years into a different and better experience. So start with this. Growing up, one of the things I heard all the time, you probably did too, was be careful who you choose as your friends because your friends determine the course and direction of your life, right? I heard this all the time from my parents. And I always thought that I did a pretty good job of choosing my friends. As an introvert, I didn't even need very many. But the few that I had were really important to me. And I was and I still am a pretty loyal person. And so I tended to choose friends that I felt confident, I trusted that they would always have my back because I knew I would always have theirs. And because I'm loyal, I also tend to keep my friends for a very long time. In fact, my three closest friends came with me to college. Now, we had been a very tight group from a very young age. And so in a way, it just seemed like the most natural thing in the world that they would be a part of this new season, that we'd be doing it all together. So what I'd love to do is to share with you two situations in my life that happened in college that this particular friend group really did influence the course and direction of my life. So situation number one, I'm sitting in class, don't even remember what year it was, but it was pretty early on, and my prof asked me to stay after class one day, so I did. And he said to me, Elaine, you are a very good writer. In fact, you are so good that I've recommended you for an honors program, and I really do think you should seriously consider becoming a writer. I didn't know what to say to this. I wasn't even expecting him to say that, but my mind, I was secretly in love with the thought that maybe I could be a writer. I was pretty good at it in high school. In fact, I didn't actually have to read books in order to be able to write a paper about them. Is anybody like that out there? You don't have to really read, but you can write your way to a good grade. Yeah. So I had a best friend, and she would kind of give me the gist of the book on the day it was due, and I would sit there, and I would just scratch out really fast, and I would write my way to better grades than most of the people that had read the book. So anyway, I told the prof, hey, let me, I'm just in savoring that moment. It was a good one for me. There's not many. Um, And I just said, hey, can I just get back to you? Let me think about that, and I will get back to you. And he was like, totally fine. But my mind, honestly, was spinning, thinking about all the things that I could become or do as a writer. It was just blowing my mind. Because here's the thing. I was not the kind of kid that knew what they wanted to be when they grew up. I don't know if you've kind of always known what you wanted. I didn't. I didn't have any special talents or abilities, nothing that anybody would say, this is what you need to do with your life. So really, I was desperate desperate for something, to find something that I was good at. Now, I was so in my head over all of this that I didn't even know my friends were there for the conversation until we left the room. And then they began weighing in with me on what they thought about that conversation. So they kind of made statements sort of like this. It was like, Elaine, you know you can't do this, right? Like, you can't, you can't do this. Don't you know, you really, you don't have what it takes. Remember, you're not super smart like your brother is or like your sister is. 
I mean, you're probably going to fail. And when you fail, it's gonna be embarrassing. And you're going to have wasted all that time and energy pursuing something that you're not gonna be able to do. So we've talked about it, you know, in that whole 30 seconds between the conversation and now. And here's what we, really, we think. You just need to play it safe. And you need to not pursue writing. Now I trusted them. They were loyal. They always had my back. And yet stung a little bit, but the more I thought about it, I decided to opt out of the honors program. And instead, I changed my major to something else entirely not related to writing or English. So that's situation number one. Situation number two, so I met this guy at church, and um, it was a church that I was, it always starts with a guy, right? So I met this guy at church, and it was a church I was working at while I was a student at Georgia State. And he was super nice and funny, and we became friends. And he, um, what I loved about him, what I loved about him was that he would ask, I liked a lot of things about him. Um, <laughs> come back, come back, Elaine. Um, and so... I really liked and appreciated the fact that he would, actually, he would ask me questions about myself and then he would actually remember what I said. I don't know if that means anything to you guys. And we were, tr we were clicking as friends and then he went, he ruined it for me because he asked me out. And I was terrified of that because I had made an unbreakable vow to myself to borrow from Harry Potter, but I had made an unbreakable vow to myself never to date or get romantically involved or be in any kind of relationship seriously that could be in any way intimate with a man. And what he didn't know that I knew was that my past, I had in my past pornography in my home, and I had years of abuse at the hands of a family member. So I had made an unbreakable bow to myself with my three friends, by the way, who were in my life at that time. When I tell you we went way back, we went way back. And I had made that vow that I would never violate that line with a guy. So when he asked me out, it totally shut me down. But as I thought about it, there was something inside of me that was like, maybe he's worth the risk. So I'm just going to say yes. And my friends, they freaked out. They freaked out so much, they insisted on coming on my date with me. Like, how weird is that, right? So they came on, they wanted to come on the date. And I was like, how am I gonna explain this to him with like the three other girls in the back seat? Like, that's weird. But I, I told him they could on the condition that they had to be quiet and play it low key. So we went on the date and they did. They played it so low key, you would have just thought it was he and I alone. We had a great time, and I left that evening thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I really think this could go somewhere. And you know how when you're going back over the evening and you do the play-by-play -play of every little conversation and every little hee-hee, <laughs> you know, thing that you do on a date like that? Well, we were doing that, and that's when my friends started speaking up with me when I was by myself, and they said, look, they had a totally different opinion of all this. They were like, he is so fake. And they said, like, he is so fake like that. You know, he is so fake. He's asking you questions like he really cares about you. But don't you remember, Elaine, all guys are only after one thing. They want to get what they can take from you, and then he'll leave you, just like any other guy would do. So don't trust him. And then another friend chimed in and said, you know, I thought that was a pretty slick strategy, Elaine, when you dumped on him your whole story about growing up in all your dysfunction and you shared with him all your abuse and the, uh, the pornography. That was really smart. Because let me tell you something, no guy is going to want to sign on for the amount of baggage, the amount of U-Haul stuff that you're bringing with you into any relationship. So you pretty much guaranteed he won't like you. But in case he does, do not trust anything he says or does. 
In fact, we've talked about it, Elaine, you just need to shut this down. You just need to shut her down right now. And so I did. I, I thought about it, and I was like, you know, they're looking out for me. So I ended the relationship convincing myself that it was doomed and berating myself for even believing that a guy could find me worth pursuing. Now, I don't know if you've had friends like that in your life, but my guess is that not only have you had them in your life, you have them in your life right now in some capacity. And like me, you listen to them when they speak to you because they have strong personalities, they have a strong voice, and they talk to you in the same way they talk to me. They reminded me of all the ways that I was messed up and broken on the inside. They would strategize with me on ways that I needed to be careful and avoid anything like, that would cause me pain like rejection or failure. And they would help me navigate the pain that I felt to numb it of never being enough, never being good enough, pretty enough, thin enough, smart enough. They seem like really good friends, but in reality, they're not. And what I wish somebody would have told me in college is that I didn't have to keep those friends, that I could find new ones. Do you remember how I told you at the beginning how I'd always heard that you should choose your friends wisely because your friends determine the course and direction of your life? It is true, and I understood that, I believed that, and I had very good friends in my life around me. I did, I had a great friend group. But where I didn't have good friends was here, in my head, in my thought life. That's where I didn't have good friends, and the friends that I ran with up here were tight. We were tight. And what I wish I had known is that traveling with bad friends in your life negatively influences the course and direction of your life. I want to introduce you to those three friends. Friend number one is shame. Shame is the strongest voice, the strongest personality. Shame was always quick to remind me of all the ways that I wasn't worthy of love, belonging, and acceptance. Friend number two was fear. Fear was my chronic worrier always alerting me to ways that I needed to be careful and avoid things like pain, the pain of rejection and failure. And friend number three was guilt. Now, guilt was the coach. Guilt loved to go back and review the tapes of my life and would run the play-by-play of every way that I messed up, fell short, and didn't measure up. Guilt never failed to have something that I needed to be working on in my life. Now, they had three rules for our friendship. And these were the rules that they told me, hey, if you operate by this, you're going to be just fine in life. Their rules were first, don't talk to anyone except us. Don't trust anybody else except us. Number three, don't feel anything, for goodness sakes, too deeply, don't do that, and don't feel anything for too long. Now, that seemed simple enough. Three rules that, honestly, they told me were designed to protect and keep me safe. But I was beginning to realize that those rules were actually pushing me towards greater pain, isolation, and loneliness. So you see, it matters just as much who you run with up here as who you run with out here. And my friends up here were leading me to bad places. And I never thought to question them. Never thought about it. They were such a part of my life for so long, didn't think to question them. But that started to change the moment I began to seriously follow Christ. They didn't like that. They hated going to church with me. In fact, they would talk to me during the messages, trying to distract me and keep me from paying attention to what was being said. But as I continued to listen 
and consider what I was hearing, a verse began to raise up that God was beginning to show me, you could use this verse, this verse can help you to make a break from your bad friend group. So let me tell you about the, the verse. Here it is, it's Romans 12, two. And it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know the will of God, his good, pleasing, and acceptable will, or something like that. I've learned it in a different translation. So go with that, which is good and acceptable and perfect. So this word renew, um, right here, the renewing of your mind, you pull that out, the word for renew, it just means this, to replace something worn and tired, to make something new. That's the idea. So here's what I learned from this verse. The first line is, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. See, my relationship with God had positioned me to rethink my existing friend group because the patterns that I had been conformed to in that friend group were disconnecting me from, the, from other people in my life right here, and they were creating all kinds of dysfunction. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So because of my relationship with God, I was being given the opportunity to have a different kind of experience, to have different friends. And I could literally do that by taking the old, tired, worn-up friends that I had had for so long getting rid of them and replacing them with new friends who would be good for me. And then the last section, so that you may know and do the will of God, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. These friends were going to help me know God better. And so I could make decisions that would lead to new outcomes that would be good, pleasing, and perfect. Now, I won't lie, it took a lot of work on my part because breaking away from a bad friend group can be messy and complicated but I found better and stronger friends who stood with me and helped me do that. And let me introduce you to them. Friend number one is truth. A wise friend I could count on to always be honest with me. Friend number two is grace. A coach who gave me space to fail, to learn and to keep growing. And freedom, a strong friend who encourages me to keep being brave. So that's what I wished I had known in college, that traveling with bad friends in your mind negatively influences the course and direction of your life. But let me tell you, God is a God of second chances. Do you remember that guy I told you about, the guy I met at church that I went to dinner with and then totally like walked away from? Well, fortunately for me, he had a really good friend group that he traveled with, both on the outside and in his mind. And in time and with a lot of patience, we eventually got married. I know, he's so cute. And 24 years later, he is, we are going strong and he is still my very best friend. Thank you. <laughs>